Diego, ¿listo? Ya. Yeah. Okay, let's do this. Right, let's do that. Señor Diego Martinez, a.k.a. Diego Robot, thank you so much for accepting my invite. Like for I was sure. telling you earlier, um, when I first had this idea of, of doing this podcast, because I wanted to somehow, some way, motivate other people to do whatever they want, because I was one of those opasones that... You know, there's nothing going on, no one's doing anything. But when, as I was doing my research, I was way off, right? There's a lot of great things going on, a lot of great people. And when I was doing my research, you're one of the, the, the first people that I found doing great things, not, for, not only for yourself, but for the community. So I'm like super excited to have you on. Thank you so sure much for yeah, accepting for sure. my invite. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, it's nice of you to say all those nice things. Uh, I never, you know, really considered myself, you know, you know, like I think I'm just like any other El Pasoan. You know, I feel like we all kind of have this sense of family to us and um, how we're all connected. I think we we're both talking about that. And so um, I think I'm just an addition. You know, I feel like, you know, we're all good at connecting people. And for me, I've been in the art scene for like 14 years now. Um, so it's allowed me to meet a lot of artists. Um, and usually you're pretty aware of who's active and who's, you know, who's got the drive. And I think that if you can see that in an artist, I feel like you can kind of, you know, you can kind of see who's going to be around for a while. No, I'm excited because, again, one of the things I'm trying to do with this podcast is not only highlight like business owners, successful people. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to highlight people that, of course, are doing something for them uh, for themselves, but also they're thinking outside that how they can give back to the community. And as I, of course, follow you and see exactly the things that you do. I mean, you, you're def the, the, the perfect definition of someone. Again, it might be helping local artists, new uh, upcoming people, or maybe the community of Socorro, which we definitely will we'll talk about that. So again, and, and that's one of the, the, the main reasons I'm so excited to talk about sure. um, um, about your career and everything that you have done. So let's start with that, Senor. Um, for anyone maybe not familiar with Diego Robot, give us a quick intro on who you are and what you do, please. Okay, so I get the name Robot from my signature character. It's a robot that uh, he adapts to you know, certain situations or certain people or even certain celebrities. Um, you know, one of my one of my favorite shirts I made was a minor robot, you know, so I do represent um, a local art artist here in El Paso, um, right, just doing my thing. Um, but also, I've been able to be a part of Casa Ortiz, and that's a gallery right in the part historical part of, you know, Socorro. It's also on the Mission Trail, and it's on the way to Marfa because it's on the Camino Real uh, Highway. So. Um, you know, just kind of the historical value that we have going on there. Um, you know, and the additions that we've been making. We have a brewery, Mission Trail Brewery. My cousin Ricky is one of the owners and the brewmaster there. And then across the street, opening up um, Socorro, we have Lara Turon with her Paradox Pyramid that's also available. She has tickets and showtimes for those um, that don't know Lara. She's, she has like this immersive art installation. Um, and she's really known for portable transportation, transportive, well, yeah, I guess art that you can move, right? Portable art. Um, and she can kind of like pop up anywhere, like in the middle of the desert or in the mountain or, you know, in the Socorro Mission Trail. Um, so having her there and then having Gabriel Marquez, Nico, Brian, you know, Carla, the whole squad, um, you know, it's kind of exciting. We're never really bored. And so we have, it's really good for just kind of mental clarity. You know, um, we have this cool little kind of home that we all share and we all have to maintain and figure out how to work with each other and how 
how do we come up with the best shows and how do we give, you know, El Paso, like, you know, what they want to see or what they want to, and also how do we feel proud of what we're showcasing and, and you know, when is it showcasing or when is it, you know, um, you know, how do you know how to showcase or how do you choose and, and all those questions that come up. Um, but it's fun. It's the process. It's the journey. I feel like, you know, God calls us all right to do different things. And for me, um, my life, my journey, my path, art has kind of just been that. Um, it's allowed me to to kind of just, um, you know, build on the sense of community. You know what I mean? I feel like working together with people um, that drives me. And so I feel like I'm only inspired by those around me. And so I try to kind of like that frequency that has to match mine. We have to kind of be productive. And, and so, yeah, it's a lot of that. Nice. If that makes sense. It, it it sure does, and definitely we're gonna go back to Casortis. We're okay. definitely gonna talk about the local art scene in El Paso again. As I was doing my research, I'm like, oh my god, I found this person and this other person. I'm like, oh my god, and they're really good. Now, in in my eyes, right, definitely I want to talk about how can we rate art, right? Which is very subjective as far as I mean, what you might like, maybe someone might not. So we need to check on that. But as far as the scene, the hustle, the passion out there. Oh my God, it's a yeah. lot. So we'll, we'll come back to that. But I want to get started with, talk about, you said that uh, you've been doing this for 14 years, but I imagine that as a kid, you already started oh, either sure. drawing. I mean, you knew already that you were an artist. Talk to me about when did you decide or when did you know that, you know what, I, I, I have something going here. Well, thankfully, my mom was really supportive. Um, so really early, my grandfather was a carpenter and my great grandfather was a painter. And so they oh, all. Oh, he was. Okay. Yeah, and he was also in the army, and so he was in the World War II, and he was a drummer. Um, but he also, my grandfather, the painter, carpenter, um, also was a musician, and he like lived on his like with his hands, and so there was like, my family was really artistically inclined, and my sister is a graphic designer, my brother like makes soaps, and he does uh, pottery making, and. My mother, she was a counselor, but she wished uh, she did uh, interior decorating. And so, um, you know, having classes growing up with Hal Marcus and just kind of, you know, being able to take summer classes at the museum growing up, it allowed me to explore creativity, be inspired, and also, you know, have canvases at home. And usually all my gifts were, you know, art supplies and, and stuff like that. And so it followed me my whole life. Um, and so for me, I guess, you know, rating art is really easy for me because I really like art. I, I like a lot of people. And so for me, it's like trying to figure out a way of showcasing everyone, you know, and giving everyone a platform and trying not to turn away that many people, but also being in agreement with everyone I share, you know, the space with and kind of like having to all agree like, oh, okay, this is, you know, because it's not just about me ever, you know, even though it seems like that, it's really just working together with other people having um having that understanding that you're always learning and not having like not knowing all the answers all the time and just hearing what everyone has to say you know what i mean because uh, we're all human we're all people we all want the better things in life um, i'm not any different from from you or the homeless guy or whatever i feel like there's this gen genuine um thing that everyone has in common and it's our soul right we all have a human soul we all have um this being that we have to nourish. And so for me, yeah, um, that's what art has been to me. It's been kind of like 
that my voice and my and my uh and my reason for kind of being but it took me a while to kind of understand that because you know you have to understand like we live in a society where it's like you have to be a a certain thing or a certain mold you have to be like a teacher and i'm not saying anything's wrong with any of things like you know um for me or it was um like just you know how how do you fit an artist isn't really one of those college degree plans you know like you kind of you go to it's just and so for me yeah i had to just really hustle my way up right um but it wasn't like anything's going to be given to you so i think with me it was also realizing like the work ethic and the hustle is what's going to get you the passion is what you can't fake and so i feel like you can kind of recognize when people are passionate about what they do and uh and luckily i just feel like um i've been passionate about it for sure my whole life yeah yeah you can tell let me ask you this at what age i know you said you started i mean you you, you come from an artistic family if we can call it that yeah, yeah. but at what age you knew that hey what? i'm pretty good though because it's one thing for me one to playing soccer but at a certain age i, I knew that i wasn't gonna make it uh, professional so senior year in high school no really? no junior year in high school okay well second grade yeah and then you know people were kind of like yeah you're all right well I liked cartoons and stuff, but then it was when I was, um, when I went to state, like junior and senior year for base competition, and um, and I realized like I liked color pencils a lot, and um, and so I was, I would win district in those years, and I remember having like a little show at the museum my senior year and realizing like okay, um, you know maybe I want to pursue art in college, but then. Like every artist, you fail the art program in college, right? And so that's what happened to me. And so I you did fail the art. Really? I did. I really did. And so I changed majors to um, education and and majored in special education. And um, but yeah, it didn't work out for me in the art thing, right? But it was so frustrating because I just wanted to be a graphic designer. You know what I mean? But I just I don't know. I ended up just making my own flyers and do my own shows eventually, right? And selling and looking back, why do you think you failed? I mean, well, if, if we get to the technical side of it. I didn't go to class. Really. <laughs> okay, well then. <laughs> yeah, I didn't go to class, and then, yeah. Wasn't was like, well, oh. the same as, like, a teacher failing you for, for yeah. your talent? Yeah, or, yeah. That's what I was assuming. Or art, well, art history was the yeah. class that really, like, ugh, yeah. I just didn't study dates, man. It was like, just wanted to go with my homies and, okay. you know, smoke pot behind the UTEP. No, uh, I'm just kidding. Of course not. Um, by the way, you, you graduated from UTEP, right? Um, I did, actually. I graduated and then I, I uh, survived. But it wasn't really what I expected it to be because I had a... Um, I took like a six-year break of just even wanting to teach. I kind of just was doing this role to kind of, you know... I feel What like were you doing? Please uh, my parents kind of just like oh I have to have a college degree to do something like okay well here it is I want to be a special ed teacher like kind of get off my back um but I took six years before I would even take like any tests or anything and so for me it was really like I did art shows honestly I didn't even work like I I did art shows and I worked at a, a smoke shop for a long time and I worked at a as a bar back and uh, I met like Dickie Williams from the monkey and Mike and all them and um, and so that helped me kind of network and give shirts out to like DJ Amir and, and uh, you know and um, 
like the DJs that were just coming in to spin at the time and it helped me network bands that would have to come into the three-legged monkey so I got to meet like cigarettes after sex you know now they're big but before they were just an El Paso band and and stuff like that and so the shirts that's when it started taking I was already I was still painting at the time um, I was painting my whole time during my school internship I was um, so I've always been doing it like even when I was serving like I quit my job to, like as a server just to paint so I was always when did you do you remember when you took this at a professional level that you said you know I'm, I'm gonna do this full time now uh, maybe like two years ago is when I really was like okay I'm gonna like quit my job and start up a gallery with my friend Tino and we were gonna and we did a Galleria Lincoln that's the first one you uh, you're the co-founder of that one right yeah and then I, I uh, and now I'm just at Socorro but which is cool because you know both spaces are still producing shows and I feel like you know that was kind of like the main goal is to have these community spaces in El Paso and it's just to kind of be a part of you know history here and feel like you know when you're on that kind of vibration and you feel and you see so many people being moved by by what you're doing um and not necessarily just you right but like the people that you meet along the way the breweries the the you know just everyone um it's kind of like you know it, it just it motivates you even more because we're all trying to eat we're all trying to like feed our kids and you know yeah and and, and tell me correct me if i'm wrong but aside from that aside from you doing your thing it seems like they also want to put, especially the, the, the young local um, artists, want to put El Paso in the map as well. So I was like, oh my God, you can tell that there is something there, not only them doing it again for themselves. Oh yeah, El Paso, the art scene's grown and it's still growing. Um, so I know my friend Jonathan, second grade, and and he's actually one of the people that has really helped me in my life. So he owns, so his family, like, so he owns, like, the gallery that where Galeria Lincoln is. He owns, like, the buildings across the street. But he also owns Casa Ortiz, Casa Polaca, the Mission Shell Brewery. Um, and he also owns a warehouse that my friend Angel Cabrales is actually starting up uh, an art move, like, an art collective there of sculptures artists. And he's the professor at UTEP, and he's a really cool guy, really smart. Um, and so he's and he has another really cool studio space available um so just kind of knowing him and being a you know being able to kind of have my foot in the door on all these projects because of that friendship um and kind of being a part of you know all these cool things right it's it was just kind of also like okay god's really showing me like this is part of the process this is part of the journey um, and just trusting it, really not being scared of it. Like, not like, I think I get more, I have more of a cringe when I'm talking about like, oh, so how is school and, you know, teaching? Well, that's not me, you know uh -huh. what I mean? But art and all, like, just kind of trying to figure out all that stuff. That's what I feel comfortable. That's really who I am, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and you can tell. Let me ask you this, because I know both of your parents educators, so I'm, I'm, I'm guessing teachers, yeah. right? So I'm like, oh, well, that's cool how they helped you pursue. But did they always see it as a hobby? Did they always want you to get a full-time career doing something else? Or did they really support you? And you know what? If you want to not go to college and if you want to pursue this full-time, were they okay with that? Where were you at when well, it comes to that? in the beginning, because I was... I just had a baby and I was working at these bars and so for them to see me like with all these college hours and just to kind of like 
not really want to move on tech getting tests done and stuff like that it was hard for them right like any parent because um well i wasn't selling or i wouldn't i wasn't getting commissions right um at that time so yeah it was it was understandable yeah. but they were always still like all right well you know I'll buy a painting for 200 like how much do you need for your car like okay uh, we'll buy a painting and then you know i would go and sell it like it was it was kind of rough thinking about it now you know it was a struggle um and uh so yeah but then when they were cool with it because now you talk to my mom and my dad and they're my biggest supporters my biggest fans like i have all the newspaper like and they have like you go to the house they have a million questions for you right um and so yeah that happened when i was doing shows with hal marcus i think my mom realized like oh okay like um him having kind of my back in a lot of ways and like kind of him being this figure in el paso art and then him kind of justifying what i was doing here because for me um hell found me at a really low time in my life because i was doing a shitload of drugs and i was living in my apartment and i wasn't really doing anything productive like How i was doing a lot of art at this point oh man it's probably 26 20, it was like eight years ago seven years ago Hal was really like, or maybe even 29, 28. Yeah, like six, seven years ago, Hal came into like this kind of like this father figure role um, and kind of was just like, he's kind of like the guy that'll be like, hey, what's up, man? Like, you're kind of gaining weight. What are you eating? And like always really health conscious and, and kind of like just like, he can he can pick up in, on stress and anxiety and stuff. And so um, I think just, you know, having like this failed, like I was with my, I wasn't with my daughter's mother at the time and so feeling like this sense of family loss, you know, kind of like depressed over that and just having like this, you know, downward spiral and then having him kind of have a show for me and uh, or we had a show. Right. And it kind of just I remember it picking me up. Um, but it was really just having like a lot of people in my corner, like my family that never gave up on me, like the prayers like my family always had and to really even like my daughter and just her her mother you know and having them in my life really a lot of people not giving up on me because i could have like even though i was i think like you know people that when you talk to people oh i did drugs people have like this automatically like oh my god like that's bad that's horrible but it doesn't make you a bad person all the time right i mean it can chemically change you and you have to be careful but you know for me it was just self-medication like I was, I have. Were you trying to numb something? Well, I, I didn't know at the time, but I'm, I suffer from bipolar disorder. And so I would have like these crazy mood swings where I would have these really crazy lows and then these really crazy highs. Um, and so I didn't know how to cope with that, you know? And so, you know, now I'm, I'm not drinking, right? And I'm taking medicine and I have a doctor. And, and so I'm doing what I have to do in order for me to kind of slow it all down. Cause, You know, I, I, I was manic for years. I wasn't sleeping. I would be like, oh, I'm only on three hours and I was painting all the time and I'm knocking out all this work, but you know, my heart's enlarged and you know, I have trachycardia and, and my body's producing adrenaline and you know, and all, it's all tied with diet and mental health. And I was just like, so for me, it was a lot of, um, I think I didn't know at the time, right? But I think that's what it was. It's just really like mental health. I didn't have insurance at the time. I didn't. Um, mental health is like oh pobrecito but like like mental health wasn't really something you had it was like you're just like 
you're just a little sad or you're like, here's a beer, bro. Like chill out, you know? Um, and so for me, it was like, it was like, ha like just being a little off and not knowing how, like why I wasn't sleeping and thinking I was like, um, just, yeah, man, sleep. When did you realize it was a problem? Oh, this year. This year. To be honest with you. Um, Do so you remember, was there a specific incident? Was there something that you said, just get, I, it was I the get day after, so I'm 34, the day after my birthday, I go to the doctor and I, I was going to the doctor before, um, but I switched doctors and I'm going to this really good doctor now. And, um, and so, yeah, just some stuff in my lab work came up because I wasn't sleeping. And so I had like, I was going to go. I had a sleep specialist, right? But then I also had this doctor's appointment. So it was either or. Um, but yeah, all, like my blood work showed that I was just, um, my hormone levels were off. And so, and that's when I realized like, okay, like there might be something wrong with my person, like my, with my, my, my mood swings and stuff. And, and, um, and so, yeah, that's kind of what it was. I was, I hadn't stopped. I, I was, I opened up, we did Galleria Lincoln in the beginning of, of COVID and then having to make a gallery work in a in an area where it was really just kind of in this development stage right and then have and then um but then never stopping never stopping never stopping never stopping and then i opened up gas ortiz and then you know in my head like i'll be real with you like i was just kind of on this drive of i'm only as good as the last thing i did right and so i was like pushing myself pushing myself and then dude i was just like not sleeping and i realized like I was just breaking down. I was crying for like no reason. And and then um, I ended up like having to take a few days off because I was just burning out. And I was just like, dude, enough's enough. And so, yeah, it took like a month of just lab work and then and just studies to them to realize like, okay, you're bipolar, but you also have, um, you know, so, and, it, and it's not like, it's not like even that word, it's like you're hypersensitive, you know what I mean? But it's also just, um, but it's fine. You know, it's something people don't talk about. It's something really personal. It's probably the most I've talked about it in any interview, to be honest with you. But, um, but it's, you know, I think people, you know, I'm not the only one going through this, you know, and I feel like, um, especially right now with just like you, everything you see on the news and stuff, mental health is real. Um, but also like there is help, you know what I mean? There is medicine and like no, whatever, so. absolutely right, and I, and I appreciate that for sure because I know it's gonna help um, someone. Yeah, for um, sure. there, there's been other guys that they've been able to open up, share personal stories, and again, the the fact is that you put yourself in a vulnerable place, sharing something that maybe not everyone knows, right? Because they see only your Instagram that you're happy, that you're painting, and they don't understand the full story. And when people share that, hey, there there's something behind that, right? It's not only smiles, it's not only me being successful, opening this, selling this, whatever the, um, the case is. So again, I appreciate yeah, that. Sure. Now, Senor, before this year that now it's it's kind of like um, that you got now approved uh, your blood test and everything else, what were you thinking before that it was? Were you just sleep thinking yeah. it, it was sleep? How about sleep the mood bad. swings? Were you thinking it just the way an artist is? You know, like, so that was something that the doctor told me. It was just, the, just because you are this way, doesn't mean it's normal, but I did have like ADHD as well. And so it's just like, I couldn't sit still. I was just all over the place, man. Like, I mean, you, you would see me and it was just like a lot. And it was just, you know, like the, the my heart rate was always at a hundred and something. And like, even my resting heart rate was over a hundred and 
and uh, drinking coffee and alcohol and being so close to a brewery. So, yeah, it kind of just like your body will shut down. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, and yeah, so just taking care of my health now is just is just really like the most important thing before being an artist, before, you know, like selling your artwork, like how do I be a better father, better partner, you know, better a better uh, family man and stuff like that, right? And so, and so, yeah, it's been a, it's been a nice focus to sleep now. I'm sleeping and um, I'm like, I have like a good little gym routine now. And, and so, yeah, it's cool. I'm gonna get married in August. So uh, we're gonna yeah. definitely talk yeah. about that. So you know, let, let's go back just a little bit as far as did okay. it affect your artwork? Now talking about work, because I'm thinking now that you're doing maybe less paintings now that you're taking a little bit more time. Did it affect you? Um, I mean, again, it's very subjective. You know this, but how can you know that you were doing it uh, before when you there was some lack of sleep? Now you're painting better, more. Talk to us a little bit that did it affect it in a negative way? It's still the same way. So I think I'm painting because I want to paint. Um, I'm not painting because I'm manic or I feel like I have to because I don't want to think about something. Um, something real that I, I do feel though is like, so, you know, like sometimes I get in a good rhythm and I'm at Casa Ortiz and I have, you know, photographer there or like just people there and it's really easy to kind of, you know, become like get lost in this role, right? And then you can kind of like numb what you're, what you're feeling in that sense. Um, but then when everyone leaves and you have to drive home and stuff, you know, like you're still with yourself and um, and just kind of channeling that whole concept with with everything. But um, the art has changed um, in the sense that I feel like I'm just w more willing to to paint now where it's not as forced. Um, I think sometimes when I was just doing a lot of commissions at one point and I was just saying yes to everything and. You know, any type of mission just for someone that might not be familiar. That's when someone pays you to draw to, something, to right? Some, yeah, okay. to pay, and and it was just like you know, not really having like set prices, and and just trying to get and just trying to accommodate everybody. You know, putting everyone first before myself, like deliveries, like just to make the sell, and then, um, and then realizing like, like now I'm just giving myself some time to chill, giving myself like a few days like take care of what I have to, you know, do things more at my pace in a sense. Um, but then having my set hours, you know, when I'm at Socorro for people to like pick up and, and, and so in that sense, um, I'm not as, I'm learning to just relax. Uh -huh. um, and it must be really hard, especially at the beginning, cause thinking as a way that you have other artists come in, right? You're, 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 you're an artist, people wanna talk, people wanna have beers with you, right? Yeah. It's kind of like that. And, uh, environment that it's Man. really hard and then people not knowing the story what you mean you're not gonna drink with me or yeah. what you mean this is going on so is that the case no thankfully more, more people are like yeah dude don't drink bro okay like, no they're like that's cool um like i think for me though like on saturday i saw my really good friend jonathan he called me uh yesterday he's like hey were you okay man you were kind of out of it i was like man I'm, I'm just i was probably a little tired because you know we had a show Friday, Saturday, but then we have an opening and we're cleaning up on Thursday. But, um, but having to be on sometimes because people go into you know Casa Ortiz and they see me on the news and they see me on the newspaper sometimes and they have this uh, they're excited to meet you mm -hmm. right and so you have to kind of be on you have to be you know you have to be lively and and so um, you know sometimes when you're there for ten hours every day and then you're on your third or fourth day like on a Sunday and. You're ready just to chill, you know? Um, you know, it kind of, it does, it can be, 
right? It can be a little heavy because, you know, being an artist is like you're painting, right? And sometimes um, you don't, I got fortunate that, uh, I guess I'm a people person, you know? I don't know, I like people. Um, I have, a, I like people hitting me up and stuff. Um, but yeah, I tend to cater to everyone and then I'm doing like tours and stuff. And then sometimes it's just like, where's Diego? And like, where do you go, you know? Um, but I, I, I love it, man. Uh, I do love what I do, and and so thankfully I was always in a I always had I was always in a good state of the mind like for the most part you know this is what I was always doing and so I don't know if that makes sense no it yeah. it, it makes perfect sense now if you were not an artist if you were not a painter do you think that things would have been way different as far as your condition because it seems like you use that as an outlet and maybe that helped you out a lot but if you were not that what would you think that you would be doing or oh, man i'm just curious on man, that some kind of outreach like i feel like some kind of social work um something with you know maybe even how do i say like youth that are high risk i feel like being and i feel like maybe i could still do that um yeah. now but i think like just kind of people that may like I never had any problems with my family. I never had any, like, I always had everything I needed, but yet I still had depression. I still had anxiety. I still had, like, to kind of fit the mold of, because my parents have both had their masters. And, and so, like, having... Was there a, pressure? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Like, you make your own pressure because you're comparing yourself to, to, like, oh, the lifestyle I have, and I want to do that for my kids. And, you know, um, and so, yeah, there was that, but... I think um, you get over it, like you kind of realize it's kind of superficial um, and when you can kind of just, just start trusting it and, and then you start seeing it happen for you. Um, I, I think it's just doing it. You know, I think like that quote of that whole doubt kills more dreams, you know, it's so true because we have so many um, blocks and um, walls in our heads sometimes I think we're like our biggest critics like um, stopping ourselves you know what I mean um, so I think if you could just kind of like massage all those out and just chill you'd be alright do you think also our culture our I wouldn't know what I'd culture? be though sorry I didn't answer the question I don't know what I would be no oh my, yeah something outreach no no my question was and maybe sorry. I just was not able to verbalize it it's like if you were not an artist, regardless of what, yeah. if, um, would it maybe affect you in a negative way or in a positive way with your condition? Oh, I don't know. I think it's it negative. It negative. Yeah, yeah, right. negative for sure. Because, man, every time I had a, a little bump in the road, it was always like painting my butt off and having like a really good homie there to hear me yap and having some like really mellow music like the Smiths going on or something and just, you know, having a few cups of wine I'm sure you know and and crying probably I don't know but just I, I was like yeah being super emotional man it's kind of like now I'm just realizing like when you're that emotional dude it's better just to like chill go home have a schedule relax eat right and have mental clarity with a lot of stuff um, um so yeah my mind is kind of it kind of goes everywhere it really does it's kind of like my artwork and so um it's affected my life too because of how I am right and so um it makes sense, uh, but it definitely, like I used my ADHD and 
and moods to really paint my, my heart away for sure. Wow, because and, and also, I mean, obviously that was a, a pro for you that you were um, positive for you that you were able to paint, that that yeah, helped yeah, you out in, in sure. those hard moments. But then looking if I was your friend, for example, at that moment, and you had maybe an episode or whatever it is, maybe depression, in my mind, I'm like, no, it's because he's an artist. You know, instead of like, no, this guy needs help. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm just wondering and, and getting, so trying to get through that as I far think, as. I think that point in my life was, there was a point where it was like, okay, yeah, homeboy needs help. It was like seven years ago, for really? sure. 27, 26, 27. Um, that was a point where I was definitely um, just withdrawing. Like I just decided that that was when I, no, that's when I was going hard. And then I would go hard for a year. And then 28 was really when it, boom. So six years ago was really like when I had to stop like just doing all chemical stuff and you know just really yeah yeah that, uh, yeah for sure it's not like something I'm proud of because I do like I had to be like you know I had to be reminded like I do have a, an 11 year old and and so it was like you know like I'm gonna be real like it was living on my own but having to like. I had I'd be at my parents' house, you know what I mean, and and that's kind of how it worked out. And we would kind of just I would take the whole weekend off of my artist life and and just spend. But it was really like selfish for a long time. Like I think being an artist for me was just like I had one day a week with her, and then the rest of the week I was just painting and doing shows. And then I got it's really easy to get lost in the me 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 and the sauce and stuff. You know what I mean? You get lost in the whole sauce of it all because. Um, there was a point where I felt entitled, where I was like being a being the, a good person wasn't always like on my objective list, and and you see that the more you work with people, and, and sometimes like I've just realized like I have to be more accountable of my actions, you know, and just because, you know, yeah, like I might have opened up or be a part of like a cool part of the art scene or whatever, it doesn't give me the right to treat people like like shit, right? Like it it really doesn't, and so just being accountable of my actions more and just um, wanting to treat people the way I want to be treated and just common sense stuff, you know? Um, um, but I was never like, even on my episodes, I mean, I was never really like, I never was, I've never really been mean. I've always been a lover, right? So it wasn't really like bad. It was more like probably sadness in my aspect. It, it was, was like, more I get internal, really, more in, like I get hard on myself okay. and I would just seclude myself and get away and I didn't know how to like deal with it. So I would just, you know disappear for a while and you know pop back up but um but yeah like now it's like it's a night and day thing where um like i'm a part of my kids lives you know what i mean it's like i'm active and like i cooked dinner before i was coming here and like they weren't even there yet but you know it's um trying to figure out the role and how to play like as far as having a routine just the relationships work right like it's work man because you have to yeah so how do i help out and she bust her butt you know what i mean and so it's like yeah i'm pretty fortunate for sure no oh, and it sounds like you had a lot of people a lot of support throughout the way that lucky yeah. for you i mean it, sure. it helped you and like you said they always never gave up on you that yeah they always knew i'm sure it was because of of the the type of person you are regardless of those moments that yeah. maybe you 
lost it or whatever it is. But yeah, the yeah, fact yeah. is that, I mean, um, again, I don't know you at a personal level, but I can tell that you're someone kind that's always looking to help. Yeah, that, sure. uh, And that's maybe the reason why people stay and, and obviously support you. And I'm glad to hear that everything's thank working you. out for you. Senor. Thank you. Thank you. Senor, describe a, a, a normal day, an average day for, mm. for you. Like, I'm like, is there such a thing as an average day or is it? Um, describe the day of an artist. <laughs> well, so like on a usually... Like Mondays are my favorite days because that's Thursday through Sunday are usually when I'm busting my butt. And then Monday is usually when it's like all the square kicks in and, you know, <laughs> you can kind of just, um, I don't know. Relax. You wake up, you say, hey, I'm going to paint. <laughs> what, what is it that no. you do? <laughs> yeah, man. Um, no. So I like to I like to wake up. I go to the gym. I, I go there. Um, I like to go when it's dead. And then after that, yeah, I usually just paint, man. I, I usually have a pretty chill life. I just paint. Um, Talk to me about your creative process. How do you know what you're gonna paint? Do you just grab a brush and let let's start, or is there an uh, idea? Well, I guess it could. It, it really just depends on the mood I'm in, because it could it could be an I thought from like man, I painted the same shit like over and over to like oh this is different. Um, it's like a different stream of consciousness, or like oh man, this one sold really quick. Like I want to do that one again, or um, but. For me, being an artist was also just kind of like the, you know, I have, oh man, it's gonna, I kind of have images that I like already, right? And so I kind of like, there's this one guy that told me like, uh, do something you're really good at, but just do it over and over. Um, so having like the robots really allowed me to, uh, to adapt him into a lot of my paintings and a lot of my work. Um, and then just, I like to do local stuff. I really like to paint El Paso. Um, I saw you recently did a mural for the rhinos. Yeah, I do stuff with the rhinos. Right. Um, I'm working on a jersey for them, and um, we're gonna don't we're gonna donate part of the proceeds. Well, actually, we're gonna donate all the proceeds to a charity of my choice. And I'm actually gonna start doing some murals at the Child Crisis Center um, for free, just out of my like just to do it. Um, but just things like that. Always thinking of ways to give back. Um, because I know ultimately, like, I wouldn't be here without, you know, people supporting me. And so if I can give back. A yeah, little. for sure. Nice. And you're in 2012 or 2014, you were artist of the year in El Paso, right? For sure. Now, looking back, um, aside from the personal stuff, how do you know if you have matured artistically? Like, Ooh. can you tell the difference or is the or uh, how do you know you're getting better? Or is it the same style, the same uh basically the same way you're painting how do you know you've gotten better or is that something that you're pursuing to get better at what you do man well i feel like the the subject matters better um like the there was a oh, i don't know that's crazy because man there's really point there's really parts of my life where i'm like man like when i was doing shows at art avenue um i was like really it was just really like cluttered but like the amount of work that I would take to paint a lot of those pieces at the time were really dope. I would paint on these really cool wood canvases. Um, and now it's like, it's it's more, how do I say it, man? It's kind of hard to explain. Like, I know you're more relaxed, but artistically, like, do you feel that, you know what, my art is better than it was 10 years ago? Oh. Sometimes yes, right? Sometimes I want to say, yeah, like there's a few things I've been doing, like the colors I've been using, but a lot of the material I've used is pretty much the same. Um, I want to go bigger for sure. 
What do you mean by going bigger? Like, so I, I just want to stretch out my own canvases and, and go larger scale, right? Um, so that's definitely something I'll be doing more this year. But other than that, like, it's it's really uh, I'm really answering this question shitty. No, no, no. The, the, uh, don't don't even worry like, about the right or wrong oh, answer because like, it can be the fact that it's just like it's really hard to explain. I love it so much though, and um, and everything I do is out of out of love. So everything that I try to put on the canvas is like I try to keep it positive. Man. I'm doing more digital work now, and I'm doing more. Um, stuff on my tablet and doing more like prints and stickers and trying to do more merchandise right now. Um, my canvases are actually all caught up, but I sell pretty quickly. Um, so I usually paint like, you know, four or five canvases a week. And then uh, I sell out of my gallery and Hell Marcus and stuff. So I'm always trying to push it and trying to creative, just trying to do, you know, just trying to market as much as you can. But I just hustle, hustle every day, really. Um, it's part of the yeah just hustling it let's talk about the business side because it yeah. is interesting how of course you you open first of all uh galeria uh Link lincoln is at lincoln is yeah, that the proper way? okay and then casa ortiz which definitely i mean it's still an outlet for you to showcase your, your work but at the same time is your business right yeah so talk to me about that yeah. transition was it hard you like it do you not do you prefer to have someone else just take care of the business side of it so the business side of it for me is kind of something i've learned like um but i i do have like i do have this i guess the aspect of the traffic in socorro and the mission trail and the kind of the buzz with the bar that just kind of opened up it's really good beer um so for me since this is kind of something i've been doing for a long time i feel like knowing where to go to get stuff made or things like that I've learned um, and what sells as an artist like for me like I have I have pieces that I know will typically sell faster and so I usually will like do versions of those paintings for people um, but then also um, like collaborating with different um, like local designers like I, I just seemed up my homie Andy who does Sun City and we did a shirt he did we did 80 shirts and he sold his 40 in an hour and a half. Wow. Yeah. Is that the one that says Sun City and then the robot on top? Yeah, and then I had I was mine. really hoping you brought one. I was like, oh, that would uh, be the best. But she did not, by the way. I know, I'm going to. <laughs> no, don't worry about it. No, but it was really cool because I saw him. So he's going to kind of come and help me at the shop um, and really kind of just help me turn one part of my room into like this kind of whole t-shirt area. And he's going to... He's gonna worry about that aspect for me because for me, like the painting and all the other stuff is kind of what I want to do, and then he's gonna help me with the t-shirt stuff. Do you like talking about the numbers? Not talking, but like dealing with. Okay, I need to sell X number of paintings. I or, love that stuff. You know, what, you know, I love it. Oh, you do? Oh yeah, it drives me. Like I like having. Like, I'm like, I gotta. I, and, and I don't know if that's like some artists will be like that's, but like I like to fucking sell shitload of stickers and prints, and I like to push my merch and. I like to fucking push painting. Yeah, they're so rushed, of course. Yeah, you know, definitely. Um, but it's also, it's also like, it's also, like, I guess for me, people will be like, fuck it, you know, painting isn't just about being like selling and stuff, but fuck, dude, for me, it's like a huge part of it because, um, you know, it is the way I live. It is kind of how I pay my, it, it's how I pay all my bills. It's how, you know, you keep things coming in. But at Casa Ortiz, there's four other artists. And so, and then so how we rent out the space is how we kind of pay for all the necessities that we need. So, um, people that we showcase 
you know the money that comes from that we turn it we put into like toilet paper and all that so that generates its own thing and then um um but yeah but you can't you can't get too caught up in it either like you have to also realize like you know money's a flow you know it's like a flow and so if you get too consumed with the money part you know you just have to realize it's gonna come and you know you gotta let it go let it come nice so you know, let's talk about like pricing an item right i'm sure that yeah like that's so subjective especially when i see on the news on tv that x painting sold for two million dollars i see it just a banana well that's just an example yeah right? so how do you know is that something that i mean is Man. there like help from other people that like how, how's that process of knowing how much that is worth so like mitsu overstreet told me like a two dollars a square inch and, you know that's in el paso it's you could get that you're pretty lucky for me i i'm usually like at a dollar fifty a square inch um and having a price list helps so you know you give um but knowing your own price man it took i used to sell i used to give away paintings and then i used to trade paintings for gas and then i ended up selling paintings for 40 bucks for a while and then 50 bucks and then people were like 60 and then you know you got 75 and then there was a while it was like 200 was a good number and i you know honestly like if i could get anywhere from you know three to eight i'm i'm straight dude you know what i mean but some people so you're no longer in the in the business of trading your work because i have a lot of free haircuts <laughs> Yeah, man. No. If you have, uh, it depends on what you want to trade, man. We'll talk after. No, yeah, right. We'll see your trunk. Right. Uh, no, but yeah, it's it's uh, you know, sometimes you just have to, like, hell, Marcus. I learned a lot because he'll, like, his pitch, man. Like, you can mark things down thirty percent, or you can. I don't know. For me, it's like you make more on prints and stickers than you really do on artwork sometimes just because of the profit margins that you have no, it's, um, it's crazy to me when i see that because if i really like something i'm gonna pay more right yeah of course because i really like it but then like at, at an artist like at, at your level like what is it that it's the guideline of you know what this is really good but just because you like it a lot does it mean that you can raise the price and that's like yeah. I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer. It's just like it always I gets have, to me as far as how that process is. Yeah, I usually go on my price list and then um, depending on that, like I, I'll take off a percentage or not. But usually I just stick with the price list and make it easy. And if they want it, then, you know, people will pay. And surprisingly, you know, you, you know, people with money do go. And there is a market here in El Paso that people, you know, you know, don't realize. And so, yeah, I think more people are getting, you know, what they want and asking for now. And so it's been better. Nice. Senor, overall, what do you think it's the hardest part of being an artist? Oh, the thing that we're just talking about right now, making money on it. Oh, yeah. my God. It takes years, at least 10 years of being crazy enough to do it in order for people to be like, I mean, for me anyway, I mean, if you're like, Rembrandt and shit and you're painting like surrealist like I was fucking drawing boxes, bro You know what I mean? So it was like you had to come hard with it, you know it Were was, you always drawing boxes? Oh, like robot like the, the little, robot but yeah, were you no, I mean it was it's really what stuck um, Most of it, but no, I, I, I Yeah for a long time. It was like cartoons and stuff and like animals and kind of like uh, dinosaurs and and kind of like that that kid, like I guess that child aspect that I really touched base with in a lot of my work. Um, Keith Haring kind of influenced me on that and kind of keeping just really fun. And Basquiat was like with the color. I mean, I was painting, I liked color and stuff and I was using streakers, but um, 
Tina was really the one that told me about him and Andy Warhol. And so doing some research on like the pop art in the 80s was like really what was really what spoke to me. And so, um, but you know, people want, people do want to see like the, you know, like the religious icons and they do want to see the, you know, the missions and, and then and you're putting your touches of the robot, a yeah. lot of squares as well. Yeah, then you kind of turn the robot into this um, icon, hopefully, you know, when, when it's all said and done, you know, people will connect that to El Paso. And, and, uh, and yeah, like you kind of see different artists live their lives here. Um, and I'm just, you know, telling my story, right? Um, but it's, it's crazy, man. It's interesting to see um, kind of who you meet and, and the interviews that you do and it never really gets old you know you just kind of keep going with it like i'm always down to do stuff it's just um you know having the time to do it sometimes you know yeah no and again i definitely appreciate your yeah. time because oh, you yeah, could be sure. with your kids and that's what i was telling you before we started to me as i get older that's so valuable you can be doing so many things and sure, just you trying well being here and helping me supporting me with this project and yeah. with this conversation I love it. Yeah. So let's talk about, um, you work with a lot of people, just like you, um, you've been saying, you work not only with artists, painters, you work with photographers a lot. You even work with rappers, which by the way, I know you work with Bayaso915. Yeah. Please tell them to answer my DMs. Okay, <laughs> for sure. What is it that they all have in common? What is it like the people that you uh, talk to at a personal level, let's not talk about artistic or, or professionally now, what is it that they share? They share this vision, this passion. What is it that they share? Yeah, they all love to do it. You know, I really feel like they're all genuinely doing what they love. And that's really all you you need is to have the, that, um, that common aspect. Because if we're all doing like our part and our kind of like our role and, and like the photographer knows what they're doing and then you talk to the rapper and then you realize like, oh, they have a producer that makes beats for them or then you know, and then me being in the visionaries early on, collaborating with, um, you know, there's like 10 of us in that collective. Um, and so we all had different personalities. Um, and so. What do you, why do you think you're able to establish those long-term relationships? Because I disappear. No, <laughs> I don't bug people too much. Um, but also I feel like I'm in the mix of a lot of things. Um, and I'm always like, I'm a hard worker, you know what I mean? And I, I think people do see that for sure. Like, it, I mean, they might not like my art, they might not like me, but they can't deny that I'll bust my ass and I'll put 100% into a project and I'll put my heart into something, you know? And I have uh, Samuel Gaitan from the El Paso Times has been huge. And um, and just the connections with the media, really, like with the whole, the whole process. Um, like yeah, Monica from Kiss FM has been huge, and so they're always just doing articles on stuff. So when you, yeah, you kind of meet people, and then you meet photographers, and then a lot of the times the photographers are the door into the magazine because they know the you know. Yeah. Now, in order for you to open that door, because it's one thing to have like to meet them, have a conversation, but also once you're able to open up yourself, that they know who you are. Obviously, that's what attracts them, and and, and they like you not because they know you, they they're nice to you, or they do all those things for you. It's because obviously your personality that you guys click, and that they understand <laughs> your passion, like you've been saying. I mean, you hope, right? But I, I think I think people are in El Paso want. We're just, man, people were tired of COVID, you know what I mean? Um, 
we really got, I was able to take advantage of the fact that, you know, Neon Desert wasn't happening, the wine festival wasn't happening. So a lot of things that were happening were just the events that the gallery was ha having. Um, and so being able to have that voice in the community was really cool. I think that's really what, um, what drove me to see like, okay, like there can be moments in time um, in this community and we can all get our minds off stuff. I remember, you know, after the, the day, the weekend after the shooting, me and Tino went to go paint a bunch of uh, children's, well, went to go paint a children's room at uh, an immigration place. Um, I, less, I can't even think of it, not less of me, but I can't think of the name. Um, and, and so, yeah, just being called always, um, I don't know. That's kind of like my purpose. I'm on call for El Paso, just kind of putting images where I can and, you know, where people can see something bright, hopefully just to kind of brighten up their days, really where I kind of go with it. Um, but then also I, I was doing art drops too for a while. Like, it's an art drop. Where I was just leaving art in mm. random places. And I remember I did that last year for the victims and I left like 23 pieces of art all over El Paso. and. Um, I remember that was really cool. There was nothing really I've done like that. I remember I just I was really driven that day, and it, it was able to get on the news, and it was cool. It's different. What brings you more joy when someone says, "Hey, I really like this painting"? Um, you when you draw it and you really like it. What is it that you feel like those happy moments that you like? Oh, this is what continues driving my passion. Oh man, well, like it's funny because you hear everything like. You know, I'm gonna tell you the things that inspire me, but then also the things that you see is like, well, I'll tell you the thing. Yeah, well, it's really when you paint something and you genuinely know they like freaking like it and they just can't get over it. And it's like, they're like, wow, this is like you captured what they wanted, right? And it spoke to them. And that's a really nice feeling um, for sure. Um, sometimes like having all those highs, like the articles and stuff, like and seeing your, like on like, um, Knowing that you're doing something good yeah, and making it, an impact, it kind of like it, I don't know. It's it doesn't feel like it's really happening. Like sometimes it's just like really is like, like like almost like again like what like it's like it's a trip. Like I don't even know. Um, but it's it's surreal. You know what I mean? I don't know how to explain it. I just I just wake up and I don't really think about it. Like you know, like I just know I'm, this is what I'm supposed to do. Right. And I don't get I don't think about it too much because, you, like I said, you could get lost in all that. And then I'm just like, I got to go wake up and sell some more stuff tomorrow and keep it all going. And so it never really ends. Yeah, it, it, it's a tricky one because there's so many aspects, right? I'm sure that when you uh, finish painting something that you really like it, I'm sure there's someone that, yeah, I, I really like, like oh, it. Right? Yeah. All right, cool. What's next? Like, right. But then when <laughs> someone tells you like, hey, I really like what you did. This is what how it's making me feel. I'm sure that that's driving you towards the right direction. Oh, man, you have it's funny because I have like a room in the corner so you can kind of people can walk in or they can't. And so you have some people that don't even step in or like oh or you know some people be like oh you're a happy camper aren't you or you know you hear everything dude um but then you have those people that are like oh like yeah you know and you can and i guess it's cool people could tell you all the time like oh i like your stuff and like oh, okay but it's always the ones that were like fucking the ones that don't like your stuff you know that kind of like okay that's um but there's also creative criticism that comes along the way and um it's cool, man. You just have to be open. You have to be out there. And like you realize as an artist, you're constantly wearing your heart on your sleeve, you know, and you have to be, you just have to be comfortable with that. And, and I think that can be hard for people. You know, some people have a hard time having to 
kind of like a fucking you have to be like a car salesman sometimes you know you got to really know how to pitch your yourself and um and sell your work and, and so there's a lot of aspects to the art yeah stuff sometimes that must be tricky because maybe and correct me if i'm wrong you as an artist you know exactly why you're doing it you know your motivation you know exactly where but then if someone comes very excited about i really liked how you put the uh, virgin mary over here and the motivation behind it and has nothing to do with yeah. what you were thinking but again hey okay well if that's the what you're feeling from it i'll go along with it for sure yeah yeah <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Sometimes, or you know, sometimes when you have that whole aspect too, right? But you also have to kind of like you can also ask them like, really, are people are really drawn to things that are kind of significant? Like I know a lot of people like elephants or hummingbirds because of their grandmother. Or there's like a certain flower that they connect to, or, or like a certain like a certain building that you know, they grew up in like the Sunset Grocery Building and um, and like they lived in Sunset Heights their whole life. And so that's why they bought the print or, you know, and so there's like all these like narratives of people and, and then you can kind of like, like, I don't know, you sell, you know, you're just kind of handing that's your art. That's why it's so subjective, right? Kind of like what you're doing, what you make them feel. Or people like skull stuff or some people like happy shit or some people like dinosaurs, bro. I don't know, people are weird. But you just kind of have to have like something for everybody. Nice. Is there paintings that maybe you really like that you're like, oh, I'm not gonna sell? Do you keep a lot of your work or I, not really? I don't keep a lot of my work. I don't. Um, but yeah, there are pieces that I really like, but I don't mind getting rid of them. I feel like there is a lot of collaborations I've done also throughout the years. I wish I wondered what happened to, but man, there's some cool stuff that I've been a part of. It's it's kind of crazy, but you realize like even all that's an energy and that's a frequency and that's something that will come back to you because you put it out on a canvas and then you put it out and it's out in the world and that shit's gonna come back to you somehow you know and so it's just a lot of that i think i've just done a lot of that stuff what are some projects that you remember that that mm. you're like oh so that's the one that i, I keep, i'm thinking about right now in my mm -hmm. head was neon desert when i painted with the visionaries and we did this really cool like girl with like this oh man but it got stolen <laughs> that one really was, yeah it got stolen we don't know what happened to it um and then being a part of like the purple pop-up panel project. It was like a, my first project in 2011. What um, was that about? Peter Schwarzbein, he's city rep now, but he was doing, before Art Space, they had all these art panels outside, um, outside of it, and we were able to paint some eight by fours. And so that was the first time that I was able to meet like Work Alvarez and see me and Mask and, um, you know, all these really big heavy hitters in the art community. And, um, and yeah, man, I went, I did my thing and I don't know. It was cool. Why do you remember those? Like looking back, was it the people you met? Was it the yeah. actual artwork? Or was it, was it the like the entire experience? I met. It was the people I met, the entire experience, the being downtown, like being this horizon kid. Right. But then having like this, I think it was like, it's a Robert Banner building. It's like this really badass building downtown. And there's like this, or no, it was actually a little further up. It was like, but I didn't have, so Peter had access to this building downtown. And like, I didn't know anyone that had enough money like that or had the connects to pull that kind of shit, right? So for him to have these buildings and then um, Bethel Rourke would go and like when he was like in El Paso, right? But I mean, he still is in El Paso, but before this, you know, before he yeah, was before, Bethel. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he so. doesn't he, answer DMs anymore. Nah, I'm I just know, joking. Right? I haven't seen no, yeah. <laughs> no. yeah, so I, I just, that whole vibe was really cool, you know, and it influenced me to live downtown 
two times later on in my life, and it was cool. Nice. What is one of your dream projects that you have? Ooh, dream project is to, man, design a shoe for Nike or to, like, work with, uh, Miss, uh, what's his name, uh, Alec Monopoly. Who's that, if you don't mind? Oh, he's just this, he's just a cool kind of artist dude that lives in L.A., and he, like, paints the Monopoly character and kind of fucking, he has, like, a Lamborghini or some shit. He's always, like, drinking fancy stuff. Um or you know even like David Cho who's uh, this artist that made money painting for stock and like he painted does he knew Mark Zuckerberg you heard about him yeah yeah so David Cho too would be like working with him or working with like how much money did he make out of those stocks uh, was it like 200 over 200 yeah. million dude so yeah those guys would be really cool to work with and just like he does like these cool podcasts and he travels and he does like um um like hitchhiking and stuff and he's in a band and stuff so it'd be really cool just to kind of you know do like it's cool like i'm doing my thing right but then having to meet people like on this crazy world level like it, it would just that would you be just want to keep growing meeting people having it should be yeah it'd be, i mean if it gets there right but it's like uh but yeah man it'd be cool why not right why not, yeah. what's the crazy craziest thing that you have traded work for oh for? it sounds like you have done a lot of trading <laughs> shit HR friendly or not, it's up to you. We'll keep it friendly. No, no, it, it, it's um, your call. <laughs> man. We'll keep that one off record. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do that. No, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh, man. No, man, I think gas was probably the low point in my life. Yeah? Yeah, I think that one's fun. Never, hey, I'll never forget that one. At this point, the way gas prices are brought yeah, up, I know, I you can definitely 30 by 20, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like that was the one I'll never forget. Well, if you think about it, but in my opinion, if you're gonna use that money for gas, I really hope it was more than ten bucks worth of gas. Yeah, all, but right. I don't know. <laughs> That's funny. All right, so let's go back to the art scene in El Paso. Before we do, you knew exactly who this painting, the well, um, the artist was. Can you give a, a shout out to this painter, por favor? Yeah, yeah, Diane Vera. Right, yeah. Shout out to Diane Vera. She's a an art teacher at Eastwood, and so I was able. I've been able to. Um, she's been by the gallery and to Lincoln, and she's supported and stuff. And so I've actually seen this exit at the Mesa second exit. It's on the. I I haven't seen it in person, oh, okay. but when I reached out to her, she told me it was a mural downtown yeah. or somewhere yeah. around the area. And then I really liked it, so I wanted it's to cool. make sure that um, she gets a credit. Yeah, for, for sure. Yeah, I'm. Uh, it's kind of like what I was looking at this when I was talking about certain buildings and stuff. So nice. Ahora sí, let's talk about how's the art scene in El, in El Paso. You said it's growing, it's good. Um, do you think there's any limitations? Do you think it's it's gonna continue growing? Is there any downfall of the way it's growing? Any people, some people that maybe should not be artists. Is there anything? Talk to us about that. Oh man, no. I I mean I would never tell anyone <laughs> they shouldn't <laughs> be an artist, but El Paso is really just this melting pot you know you got amazon coming in and you feel like there's just different projects that are popping up with the el paso coming up page that i've seen on instagram i don't know who runs it but uh montecillo's really kicking in and downtown's getting like this whole revitalization i feel like it's been in the process but it's finally catching up well despite the stadium 
issue. I have no idea. Other than that, man, I'm happy with El Paso, man. And the way it's growing, you yeah, really like it? I really feel like there's this, um, you know, despite the traffic right now, man, Montana's a little cat, you know, but everything right now is it's like, this is the perfect time to be an artist. Like, I feel like if people are trying to get a space right now or having like a studio, like this is the time people are looking. Because warehouses right now in El Paso are like at a standstill. You can't really find a warehouse that's less than a million dollars. Um, it's there's none, and so what's the business model there? Would you rent it out? Is that like kind of like the normal? Will you buy it with other people? What is the business model of opening a gallery or where you can display your art? Yeah, really, just having the the landlord to because so Jonathan, man, there's so much growth. There's a lot of there's a lot of growth there right now. He's renting out each room in each space and across the street there's there's going to be a restaurant coming in with Laura and there's like hopefully like a coffee shop bistro um and so there's investors in that um that are coming in so yeah it's just really like having the Mission Trail Brewery there's like I feel like having a bar and having like food with beer on a on a really cool location can help would you ever think about opening a bar gallery or well maybe not Ooh. anymore but you, you I don't, don't think really I like do a that bar concept. No. I really don't know like if I were to be with my cousin Ricky who's one of the owners there because I couldn't do it um he loves that stuff he loves to he loves but bars are tough man yeah. like uh there's a few people that can do it um, um but yeah you have to be a special breed like I know Dickie Caesar Mike Armstrong there's a few man but mm. it's not that many people that could do it I'm glad you're talking about the art scene right now, that there's a lot of growth, a lot of people coming up, a, a lot of motivation behind um, that. Because I was thinking about, um, you know, give an example. Um, I, I'm not gonna name this person by, by name, but she may or may not be my sister, right? <laughs> that uh, my, my sobrino wants to be, he's really good painting, right? And he wants to be, I don't know if a graphic designer or he just wants to paint, right? And my sister, of course, I mean, he's still maybe 12. I'm not sure how old okay. is he. Oh, bro, I'm such a bad sister. <laughs> yeah. No, you're but good. I don't know. Um, the truth is, but I want to uh, My sister tells him, no, you have to make sure that you go to college, that you be uh, an engineer or something else. And as I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm sure that's the same maybe with every culture, but then Hispanic culture might be heavy on you know what, this is not steady, you might not get real money, you know, make sure that you get an eight to five and do the normal yeah. thing, right? So do you share the same thoughts that it is maybe harder in our culture or not? Well, I think in all cultures right now, you're getting like the sense of school programs that are losing the arts, um, teachers aren't being, there isn't art teachers being hired anymore. The programs for art, like my, my daughter is in sixth grade, or she's going to be in sixth grade. Like she was looking at electives. And I was like, oh, choose art. And she's like, that's not an elective anymore. What? Right. And so for me, that's what was really like, dang, like there is no there isn't a art awareness. Like there is an art education that's really like making like an impact in the youth. So um, that's kind of what's also motivating me too, man. Like I don't think it's I don't think art is in any freaking it's in anything. It's on any model, really. So um, I think if. You know, I think now with Casa Ortiz and, and different, um, you know, San Elizario going, and then you have like, you know, Isleta Mission gift shop, and then you have all these other aspects of Hell Marcus, Galleria Lincoln, and then you have, you know, the West Side doing their thing. Um, you know, 
it's going to be exciting. I'm really excited to see the Epic Rail Yard area too with Angel and Orange Brick. Um, Orange Brick Eclectic is another warehouse happening. It's another art studio. Yeah, we might not see the impact that we might think that, oh, I don't yeah. know what's happening, but then five years down the line, two years, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that already go to wherever you're at and yeah. they will tell you know you did motivate me you i really like it and maybe i'm gonna pursue now this because of you so yeah. i'm you, sure that yeah. feeling must feel great by the way yeah i mean i just like my whole thing is just like all right cool like like how do i how do i help you out too or you know what i mean it's um but it's cool yeah it's it's nice you know what i mean but um, like it's cool to have other people there doing the same thing with you and then having that that space to kind of help other people and yeah it's it's interesting nice i know you said you feel really good about where where we're heading right when it comes to the arts in el paso if you had it your way your budget whatever it is um what would you add in order to make it better oh if i had i would really like to bring up um like the sunland park area a little bit you know it's there's like you got mount crystal ray and you have artavino is doing anything with markets but you know, bringing that whole boom with the whole like Keystone and then the whole Camino Real from like, you know, San Eli to to uh, Socorro all the way to Keystone Heritage. You know, it's something I've talked with David, but man, utilizing the whole space in El Paso, I think it's almost there. Just to make sure that there's an area. And, then, and the warehouses too, like I'm thinking like where Epic is, you know how like every major city has that industrial art thing. Um, that's slowly happening. Um, so that's pretty, that's really cool because, you know, we're here in the east side and we see all the numbers, like the numbers on the east side, all the numbers are up, all the businesses are popping up, but it's nice to be a part of the organic growth on the east side. Like they don't see galleries and stuff. They don't see like cool little local restaurants opening up um, like that, you know? So, um, man, it'd be cool to have like, you know, some of the guys from Octavio and Nick or something from Crave go and put some money into Socorro and stuff like that because Socorro is dope. Uh, we, you know, the coolest thing I've heard is like, dude, everyone thought Socorro was whack until you guys were here. Like, nothing's been here. Like, dude, thank you guys, man. You guys are repping so, you know, and people love, like, there's a lot of pride that goes in Socorro. Yeah. You do any little thing and everyone just sees you, you know. Um, and so it's just really trying to do things respectfully. And then the culture there, they're winners, man. They're like baseball. Yeah. You know, it's like I baseball graduated too. from Socorro High School, oh, okay. by the way. Yeah, yeah. And cool. at that time, I remember the only thing we had going is our pregnancy rate, high school pregnancy and rate, which I helped out, by the way. Hell yeah. Which, by the way, I contributed to that. Hell yeah, dude. But, yeah, there's a lot of pride, a lot of things going on. It's dope. Um, and, yeah, definitely. A lot of, you know, there's a lot do. of money, man. Like, you don't mm -hmm. think about it, but there's a lot of farmers. Man, the, nothing's – dude – the tractor supply store in Socorro is always popping. Yeah. You know, it's what, so we could get half the business they have. We'll be all right. Nice. That's cool. Senor, um, what are some local artists that, um, upcoming local artists that you recommend people to check out? I don't know if they're upcoming, but mm -hmm. oh, just Blaster. Local artist. Um, yeah, Blaster. Oh, someone coming up. His name's Joe. Dude. I'm going to shout him out. His Instagram is... His Instagram is his name. So Joe, his name's Joe, and his Instagram is F T P S H V R T Y. Um Yeah, this cat so he he's Oh, you recently posted uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's I think like eighteen nineteen. Um and I just bought a painting from him, but he's so like just well he kind of reminds me of me but not Why? as 
just like he's on some poetry and shit but then he's like but then he's like super into like painting but then his paintings are like even more like Basquiat than I ever could be and then his uh, grandfather um, makes some canvases because he's a carpenter and I'm like dude my grandpa was a carpenter I haven't told him all this shit right but then in my head I'm like dude that's dope and so he has all these people supporting him and then his dad was there at his show and his sister and they were like so he I saw like right away this fucker has the support at home he has the drive because he's always painting and writing stuff and he just wants to paint full time and um, and he's hungry like he fucking he's like he has paintings in his car he's always just busting out and he wants to show you and um Oh, yeah. So he's always busting out with paintings and just kind of really excited about his work. And uh, so I think he's going to he's going to do some cool stuff for nice. sure. Who else? Who else are your favorite local artists? Oh, dude, there's so many. Um, there's if you forget, I, I'm, I'm sure they're going to understand. Yeah. They'll, they'll f that they're not good enough for you to yeah, remember. <laughs> right. Yeah. Honestly, I, I think uh, Ao has really been a really good artist friend. Um, she does these really cool murals. Quiz Hurtado. It's just so many. It's so many. Angel Cho, I just met him. I could go on and on. It's crazy. Nice. I'm glad we're, um, I mean, about the, the um, again, uh, uh, art scene, it's very strong. As I was doing my research, yeah, I, especially. And then, I, and it seems that everybody, um, even though we're a small city, of course, but at the same time, everybody's willing to support other people, to put them out there, to let them know, like, uh, the showcases that you have about the people that um, you interact with and support. And it seems like everybody's that way well. The well, the only thing I want people to know in El Paso is you don't have to know an artist or, like, to be into art because every time I'm always like, oh, yeah, I have a brother that's into art. Like, everyone has, like... No one's into art, but they all like they all have to tell me about like a family member or like, oh, you know, my daughter or like my sister, or, like my fucking cousin paints. But like never them, you know, they don't fucking like art, but I have a, I have somebody. Why do you think they do that to connect with you? I mean, it sounds like it's, it's more like, like for you to it's say, just like, oh, why don't God. you like her? What the fuck? You know, like, tell me why you like her. Like, I don't give a fuck. About no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. I don't. It's not like that, but it's just like. Um, yeah, but I think people do connect to like, oh, I have like, oh, my Theo paints, bro. You know, like, I'm like, okay, like, but you know, there's, uh, there's kind of, it's kind of funny. I trip out on that, but I mean, you don't have to be, your, you don't have to, you know, you can come and enjoy it. You know, you don't have to have like a Theo or a, or a Primo that paints to come. You could just check it out. You can just check it out. And you know, that's a really, that, that's really good advice. Shh, get it, fucked it, up. Hit us up after, dude. <laughs> I won't get drunk with you, but I'll, I will, uh, I'll smoke with you. I will Cigarette. go have some beer. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> no, senor. I've been wanting to, Um, by the way, guys, if you haven't been to the hair salon, I have paintings that I brought from my house, right? And there's some people that say, what's up with your paintings? They're all over the place. So uh, as soon as Diego walked in, I'm like, can you please check my paintings? Um, like, <laughs> do they go? Do they have a nice flow? You're like, because yeah, I get some like feedback that, no, yeah, because I get some feedback sometimes that, what is this doing? I have one which I, I like the line that I brought from Medellin, that Colombia. So um, but like I said, I've been really trying to check out Casortis because I won one the, the the one that I don't like. Remember? Um, but it's so funny how you say that because as you're telling me this, I'm like, I wonder what he thinks. Because as soon as you walked in, I'm like, check out my paintings. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> is that something that maybe you um, also don't like? No, no, I think it's cool. I, you know, so be honest with me, bro. Just be honest with me. Okay, so <laughs> I think it's horrible. No, <laughs> no, I would never tell anyone that they're because everyone, like I said, everyone's different. Um, but that lion painting is badass. Um, nice. Now, I really do like. Do you it. have a lot of people um, 
asking you that question. Hey, check out my my, my stuff. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is a that lot something of that bothers you? Are you okay with it? Sometimes it's like I have a lot of people that want to know how to have a show, uh-huh. um, and so I kind of just forward them to Nico. Nico is more calm. I because like there's I mean. I mean, there's a lot of stuff yeah, there, I'm it sure. Used be, it used to be bad. Not not anymore. I don't think people hit me up that much. But there was a point where I used to have, like, a few, like, I would get, like, five or six, you know, people wanting to have a show and and stuff like that. But it's cool because you want to have that show and you want to have that kind of, uh, you want to have that access because there isn't a lot of venues still happening. Um, so, yeah, we have to figure out a way to have them have shows and then also not overbooking it to where the art kind of loses its, you know, because there's so many. You can't oversaturate the shows either and stuff. It's not a good thing that... Oh, okay. I'll over, okay. I was thinking yeah. a lot of people, no, but you're saying a lot of paintings in this case. So, right? like, for us, it's like having a show every week or every two weeks is kind of where we're going. But then, like, brainstorming and talking as a collective, as a team, it's like, okay, so, you know, how do we choose? And if are we having too many shows? And if we are having too many shows, does it kind of, like, alleviate, like take oh, away? Oh, that's a tricky You know thing. what I mean? Or... Um, cause anyone could just have a show. Is it going to be like high end or, or like, you know what I mean? It's kind of like you have one person selling stuff for 20, but then you have another guy coming in and selling stuff at 3000. It's like, how do you, you know, you have to have some consistency too. And so, yeah, there's kind of like, there isn't really a market established in El Paso. That's kind of been the biggest problem. One of the struggles. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Is, there isn't like an in between that's either like you're coming up dude or you're fucking in Phoenix and shit or you know what I mean it's like and then you know you have some middle points where it's like me and then you have like you know Kristen Apodaca like I mean I'm like like or just you know people that I know are selling and stuff and living on let me ask you this do you know you don't have to name them people that I mean will have their 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 paintings their art and then when you when they tell you what the price is oh this one's five thousand dollars so you're like oh bro why why is this do you grinch over stuff like that or there's not many of those well, people that overprice their things. Well, again, we don't know if it's overpriced or not. I guess but. you have to look at, um, you know, if the canvas. I'd like to see if the canvas was made. You know, if they made the canvas themselves, if they stretched it out, they can sell it for more. If it's framed, you can you can triple up the price. Um, if it's on wood, you know, I feel like you can sell a painting depending on who it is. Also, and like kind of the, yeah, because. Santa Fe and you know you go to these crazy cities and it's less like you know you have to if you want to fit the mold there but here in El Paso it's it's going to be tough for you like if you like you're better off taking a picture making prints and pushing those because it's going to be it's um you know El Paso it's tough because there isn't a lot of extra cash like that you know I mean like there is but there just is. the volume right that yeah. for you to be consistently or like, like reaching out but it's like like how how many of us have like Woody Hunt or fucking Paul Foster's phone number on our cell phones? Like, hey, you want to buy? None of us do. Well, I don't. You know what I mean? So it's it's like there's a so it's like how do I get out and how do I put myself out there to hopefully you know you catch fire then you know but then you like luckily for me it's like lawyers and doctors and a lot of um, you know people business people bought paintings and stuff and um, but it just takes time just word of mouth and then you can adapt and you know. Nice. Prices can 
Prices are interesting though, but you can't get caught up in the price either. You just gotta keep creating. Nice. Well, thank you, Senor. All right. Well, the last yeah. thing I want to talk about, Senor, and if you're okay with it, it's a little bit. Well, we did talk a lot about your personal life, but I want to okay. talk about you recently got engaged. So, congrats okay. on that. Thank you. Um, talk to me about the role that your wife has played out as far as the support, because I'm, I'm I'm sure that the career that you chose is not something simple to um, I don't know to be able to um, for her to be the normal wife that she's okay with you having, first of all, how long have you been uh, together? Let me let me start with that. Yeah, okay, off and on for like 13 years. 13 years, wow, so Two definitely. kids, we have an 11-year-old and a two-year-old. Wow. Almost three, so, um, so yeah, man, it's. How important has she been to your, um, to you being who you are right now? Oh man, that's crazy. So, it's a good question. A lot of people don't really ask me these questions. Um, that's why we're here, so. <laughs> uh, but she'll, I'm sure she'll love this. Because uh, she's actually the person that, you know, before I was even painting, I was, you know, working at Olive Garden. And I was Jumanji because I was always in the weeds. Jumanji is like this movie, right? But uh, if you're a server and you're in the restaurant and you're a horrible server and you you don't know what the hell you're doing, they say you're in the weeds. And I'm like, dude, I'm not in the weeds. I'm in the jungle, man, because, you know, I was all over the place and I was we're in training and you know I was dropping plates and you know she was in all these trainings and she was probably just looking at me like this guy I didn't have a chance you know really I was 20 um, when I met her um, so yeah that's 14 years ago and we met at a restaurant we met at Olive Garden right there on off right here on Joe Battle we were both servers and um, yeah man we had her baby shower there as a as a whole Olive Garden man like the GM was my uh, a good friend of a brother of my mom's good friend and so it was cool man I don't know it was kind of surreal because she's seen me in all my ups and downs she's seen me in like every single place I've been at you know um yeah and she's actually had to even like you know be the one that's kind of when I'm losing my keys every day or my wallet or I lock myself out of the house you know she's always like dude what the hell bro um, she's definitely a constant and uh, she's a workforce you know she puts the she's like the best mom I know so it really allows me to do the shows and stuff right and go out and do my thing because dude she holds it down you know she really does like I, I wouldn't be able to you know when I get home it's like I mean it doesn't matter if I've sold this or that she's like it's still like you know you gotta you gotta clean and wash dishes before you leave and when you get home you gotta take out the trash and you know what I mean? It's cool though. Like it's not. It's uh, just yeah. yeah it's it, just, it, you know, as I grow older, to be honest with you, I always had this positive mindset. This uh, make sure you grow. But the 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 one thing or one of the things that I have learned throughout, um, not recently, but it's been a couple years, is the importance of having the right partner. Yeah. And what that means is uh, someone supporting you. Um, not only again, just because you. Th that's the role, but of course, because they, they have to, um, not the, I'm sorry, not because they have to, but because they want to, but that extra support when you're feeling down, when you're, yeah. I'm sure you have gone through a lot of moments that I'm not sure about quitting, but maybe um, you were down and she's the one that helped you out as far as, okay, you know what, this well. is um, the path and I'm here with you. And again, um, that's one of the things that um, a lot of people, no, I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna talk about, um, 
well, in general, but that's one thing that I have learned as far as the importance of, of picking the right person. And in your case, it sounds like you really got lucky there, sir. <laughs> Man, I feel like God really put me with her sometimes because uh, this is, it's been a trip, you know, and, and how and why and, you know, what's brought us together. It's really kind of just been beyond me. But I know this, like, we're all like I have to definitely see her at the end of the day and all of it you know um because yeah it's it's really easy to just get selfish like you said and like this line of work is you know it seems like I'm always out late or you know doing shows or doing selfies or posting or delivering and um but I think as long as she sees me happy and then you know just as long as I just uh yeah I think it's been so long now that she's just kind of like she sees me working hard, but she sees it coming back finally. And she was there when, man, I wasn't selling anything for that in that sense or giving up or wanting to give up. Yeah, she's seen all of that. So it's cool. Yeah. And what's your wife's name, by the way? April. April. April, yes. Yeah. yeah, so we're getting married in August. And uh, April and I are freaking, it's crazy, man. I can't explain it. Yeah. That's nuts. Uh, that's good, Sarah. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. Um, I want to ask you about the podcast. I saw one of your posts. Talking yeah. about you, um, yeah, creating so a podcast. Talk I'm actually, about. I'm actually gonna get the equipment this month. Um, just this kind of stuff. Just, but I, I really have like this cor corner spot in my room. Um, but yeah, when I saw all this, I was like, dude, I was thinking in my head, like, how would I? Because I was thinking, how would I record it? And then my homie has a, a program. It's like a wad or something where you edit. I didn't. There are so many setups, oh, by the dude. way, but um, but I what are you like, gonna talk about? What what is your idea behind so, this podcast? Um, actually, kind of like you know, I liked I liked how you were talking about how there's business owners and stuff like that, and so I was I was thinking like that aspect too. Um, but I'd probably do once a month kind of thing, or just kind of people that visit me at my and kind of just do do them there live and random people that show up or you know just visitors or people that want to like someone cool that walks into my room and I want to be like, all right, let's have a little, who are you? Let's talk about what you do and just kind of random, you know, it's not really going to be planned or I don't think it's going to be scripted, but I do, like, if I do have stuff like scripted or planned, it would be someone um, that I would really want to interview. Right. And someone that I would want to do research on and that'd be cool, but I know it's a lot of work. And so there's like, I'm, I'm not too, too in a rush of becoming like a podcaster. I, I know it's gonna happen this month. Um, I got some money coming in, but yeah, I do have a hookup at Guitar Center, so that's the only reason. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and I fully recommend it. Like I said, um, mine, mine, I mean, there's many reasons, but one of them, one of the main one is to be able to interact with people such as yourself yeah. that have a cool story that I doubt that if I was to say, hey, Diego, let's, can we go have coffee or a beer? You'd be like, ah, oh, maybe not. But now, hopefully after today, we, we have, we yeah, were yeah, able to establish sure. a relationship. And that's the cool thing that you're able to meet, not only network for business purposes, yeah. but just hearing other people, other perspectives, right? Now I record it for other people to watch it, of course, and, and, and the respond, I get a lot of DMs, messages, hey man, that's pretty cool. I'm like, oh, but well, that's even that's better, cool. right? Cause I'm yeah. doing this for, for myself, but when I see so many things that encourage me. I mean, that just extra fuel. So definitely recommend for you to have it, sir. And well, I think like my well, my girl was always like, man, like when she hear my mm -hmm. other podcasts, I'd always just kind of take over or like want to talk over people. And I was like, should I have a co-host? And she's like, no, you talk too much. <laughs> like you wouldn't be able to. She's like, you just want to shine. And I'm like, oh god, okay. So 
So yeah, maybe I'll do, and that's what I was thinking, like I'll probably just do my own, like do my own interviews, not have a co-host, not do it all, like, and, um, but I've tried to do, I tried to do Chuco Underground, I do it with Javier, and I had like maybe two or three episodes, and then I tried to do Cubo Lecon with me and Ao, and man, we did all these interviews, and then my homie's like sound was off, so we lost like six or seven episodes. So I've had really, you know, these really great failed stories of podcasts. Oh, you have? I, oh. I didn't know this. Oh, man. Okay. Oh. Like, but, you know, it's not, it, nothing's really been like, like making an Instagram and titling it Diego Robot Podcast and it just being mine. So, um, but I do like, like, um, Joe Rogan, right? And like, but dude, it, it's, it's really hard. I feel like I should do some more research, man. I'm sure you've done a lot uh trust me the, the one thing i'm gonna recommend you and anyone thinking about it just be very specific know the reason why you're doing things right if you just uh, think it's the cool factor to have a podcast you know uh, yeah. you're gonna give up after i don't know how many episodes you did before but it sounds yeah. like that's exactly what happened um but once you know yeah. your why like mine is clear i want to be able to talk to people like that Again, that encouraged me to continue going. The way I have that said, I don't know if you've seen how I number my podcast. I'm committing myself to do at least 52. And that's how I, I work. You know, I, I can I see a lot of people starting things and not finishing. Yeah. And again, that for me, it's a way to hold myself accountable that I'm gonna do 52. And the way I'm wired, the way I run things, and people that know me know that, oh, this guy's gonna do 52, right? Yeah. I don't know if it's weekly or, I'm, I'm trying to do weekly, maybe bi-weekly, but I will get those 52 oh, for sure, yeah, right? For sure. So once you have that why, and you, again, you narrow down your subject, or if it's just gonna be talking about the subject of the week, that's fine. But then it's gonna be very simple for you uh, to maybe have, be busy or have something else going on. And you're like, oh, I'm just not gonna do it this week. I'm not gonna do it next mm -hmm. week. And then what happened to the podcast, which that's okay if, if, if you're okay with that, but it sounds like after the many attempts that you had, maybe you you want to again be able to take it a little bit more serious this time. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. That's a good advice. Something to think about. For sure. All right, senor. But senor, once again, thank you for your time. Um, I appreciate um, again you taking the time. I just for have sure. one last question that I ask every single guest. Okay. <laughs> what is one thing that you love about El Paso? You cannot say food. I mean, uh, por favor. Um, and one thing that maybe you would would, uh, would like to change or improve about our city. Ooh, what I like about El Paso is definitely the culture, the people, and the community aspect and how we come together. And what I would change about El Paso would be uh, we need a we need a Six Flags man or Okay. No, nah, I'm Scott. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. Something. Nah, it's not local, huh? Nah, I don't know. Um, what would I change, dude? Really? I don't know. Just man, be a see, part of the change. Just be a part of the change, man. Don't want anything to change. Like, if you want to fucking change something, just change it. Like, there's nothing. That, like, um, that's what I'm trying to do with the art thing, and that's my advice to anyone: is the change begins with you. Anyone hearing this podcast, you know, if you're in El Paso and you want to fucking change something, change it. You change it. You don't need me to change it for you. What I want to change, well, can you change it? I oh. like that a lot, especially because I I, um, I hear a lot. I see a lot of people, there's nothing to do in El Paso. There's nothing going on, this and that. But that's 100% a 100% reflection of you. 
if yeah. you have nothing going on there's nothing that you look forward to that's you um and again i really like that advice because if, if that's the case well then do something yeah, for a fast level you, you yeah okay that's really good Senor, any parting words anything else that um, you're missing no nothing much just uh i love everyone and i love you guys and thank you for having me thank you for the opportunity to talk a little bit of who i am and to be so vulnerable with you guys and it's been it's been really cool and um yeah man that's it no again thank you for your time thank you everyone um that took the time to watch listen to a podcast i really appreciate yeah, that thank you guys every time i get a message that oh my god that was good i'm like did you really watch that i'm like because oh, i don't expect people to watch yeah. it but okay Good. I'm going to just say goodbye again. <laughs> Thank right. you, everybody. Adios. Adios.